going on man so where are we at we are in colorado still that's right undisclosed (laughs) awesome uh, rv spot in colorado yeah we've really fallen in love with colorado don't you think man it's really beautiful here that's for sure yeah absolute favorite place so far is glenwood springs guys here's the deal we have done all the research to tell you how to get there. Probably the easiest thing to do is to fly and rent a car, but you can also... You can take a train. You can take a bus. <laughs> you can take a train. The train from, I guess, like Denver to Glenwood Springs, it's only like a three and a half hour car drive, maybe a three hour drive, but it's like a seven hour train ride. That being said, yeah, it would be an absolutely beautiful drive. Yeah, because it doesn't go, remember, directly right. to Glenwood. I think it goes a little north, so yeah, either yeah. way, I mean, for not that expensive and just to chill and look yeah. at the scenery, that That's would be it. fun too. Anyways, flying to Denver, rent a car, drive to Glenwood Springs. That's right. You could stay at uh, Glenwood Canyon Resort. Was that what it was That's called? That's where we stayed, yeah. Yeah. They got like some tiny little cabins. They got some on the rivers. Uh, you got to do it. Yeah. It's really awesome. And actually, what was cool is I had never seen the movie Tombstone. You guys made me sit there and watch it. That's right. Especially Slade. Um, But it was actually such a good movie. Um, I didn't know it was a true story. I didn't know that. Sorry, guys. But Doc Holliday was his gravesites in Glenwood Springs. That's right. And you know what? I'm a little bitter about it, and here's why. Oh, here we go. So when Jess and I met about 15 years ago, (laughs) right? It's at least 15. It's over 15 years ago now. We were at... uh, ALS, which is basically like the school you go to to become the next rank in the military. You have to go through the school that we were at to be sergeants. And uh, it's like you're going around the room and everybody's like giving like three or four like micro details about themselves. And to include was your favorite movie. So they got to me. I said what my name was. And my favorite movie was Tombstone. You said that? A hundred percent. What did I say? Uh, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's because I don't have Actually, I remember what you said. What? You said Elf. Oh, okay. If I have to pick a movie, sure. Yep. I'm not a movie So person. she said Elf, and I was like, all right, first strike against her. But <laughs> <laughs> I have since grown to love that movie, but I don't know why I didn't like it back you then. You still don't like it. It's, it's all right. Uh, anyway, so it took like 15 years to get my wife to fully watch Tombstone. with, uh, And what happened, actually, was I showed the movie to Slade, and he was like, best movie of all time. Well, here's the problem. You First off, you didn't tell me it was a true story. So I'm thinking I'm watching this Western for no reason. But if I put some context Now that it's to a it, historical documentary. Now, <laughs> then I'm putting some context to it that I'm going to this guy's gravesite, and I'm like, that's a true story? And then you told me that the Cowboys were actually a gang. I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. Yep. You have to give me some context. Well, that or you could have just watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you haven't watched it, ladies, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's pretty movie. wild. Actually, the grave um, for Doc Holliday is kind of impressive to me, period. Like, if there's something that's just shown through over and over again, like since we've been on this trip, is I'm just really surprised at, like, the shoulders of the giants that we as men and women stand upon, like all of the different, you know, roads and all these amazing things that they built through the sides of mountains and just 
modernizing the world as it is it's yeah. pretty incredible and the reason yeah. i say that is like where this dude's grave is is on the top of a mini mountain so you're like so somebody died and right. then they carried these dudes well and not only that to get to glenwood you go through two tunnels that go through a mountain through the mountain so you know that wasn't there yeah you know they had to go over these mountains and how long did it take to get there yeah you know because he came to glenwood from arizona yep so that had to be a hike in fact when we're when you're driving from denver towards glenwood the first kind of giant mountain you drive through a straight tunnel through the middle of this mountain was built in 73 i remember seeing it when we were driving through so the eisenhower tunnel is built in 73 and the johnson tunnel was built in 79 but wow. they're like Wow. It's probably close to a mile through the middle of a mountain. That's oh, wild. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and to think about the Wild West was actually real. It's hard for me to realize that. Like, yeah. That was a real thing. Like, four dudes took out the whole gang of cowboys. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's super crazy. Super so, crazy. Colorado's super amazing. You guys definitely, if you haven't had a chance to spend any time out here, we highly recommend it. Absolutely. All and right. uh, we're going to pick back up. I want... To know about muscles. About all the gains. Um, so, so get your notebooks out, guys. Get them ready. I'm just going to spit this out. Um, so where we kind of left off last week was we were talking about the difference between the different strengths. And then we were talking about the different things that really make somebody strong, right? And so we talked about the nervous system control. Yep. We talked about the cross-sectional area, like how, what kind of leverage do you get from the muscle being how thick that area is. And then we talked about energy systems and how you have to have enough energy in order to get the task that you're required done. A fourth thing that we talked about was stability, right? Yeah. And if you, uh, the analogy we talked about was like, if you're trying to lift weights on standing on marbles, that'd be very difficult, right? right? And so if we take it from that and then we say, well, how many different things are like standing on marbles when it comes to building muscle, period, right? I guess maybe a better question is, do you want me to talk about building muscle first or building strength? I think... For me personally, I would like to know about how to build strength. Okay, gotcha. So if we look at all the areas that become standing on marbles in our body, right? Yeah. And again, we keep using that analogy. And all we really mean from that is lack of stability. Okay. Okay. So again, if you were standing on marbles, that would be very unstable. So where are the other areas? Well, if we realize that the big muscles are your basically not all hinge but they're a lot of hinge muscles they're mostly your extremity muscles the big muscles your legs your arms right your shoulders these are all still extremities the ability for those muscles to get the task done comes down to the stability that the core and the connections at those joints provide okay all right so if you want to be stable right you want to be strong you start with stability so the easiest fastest thing is to have a strong core so let's start at like the very base and then you yeah. can work your way out right so how do you develop strong core will you tell me what kind of core stuff do you do each week well i do a ton of core stuff i would say if i'm going to break it down i do weighted core exercises i do isometric exercises and I do body weight exercises. Sweet. What's an isometric exercise? So I would say an isometric is an L-sit hold, a plank, anything where I'm a dead bug hold, anything yep. where I'm I'm staying tight in that position, I'm breathing, I'm belly breathing and I'm holding that tight core position. Okay, so you hit the nail on the head. So isometric means um, 
basically not visibly moving. Right. Right? So there's quasi-isometrics, which are like probably what an L-sit is for me, where you're like trying to hold a position and it's slow, right. slowly right. lowering. Slow lower. Slowly lowering down, right? Um, you know, it is going to be a very high production of strength, but a very low movement. Now, inside of the muscle, there's always movement. Even when you have an isometrics and it looks like you're staying still, you have to remember that your muscle is in there passing pels of water from one pel to the next hand to the next hand. It's constantly holding that tension, Yeah. right? It's not just staying still. At least this is the understood theory of how your muscle is firing. So by developing that isometric strength, that strong stability, now you can start to work further outside of that. So I like what you said. And remember when we talk about core, we're not just talking about the anterior, the front side of your body. We're talking about the posterior side, right? right. Or for all you guys who like to say, look, there's a postman, but then you say it's the posterior side. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it posterior as well. Okay. I have a question. Real yes. Quick. So I feel like I work my core a lot and I, I have abs but I don't feel like I'm as strong as some other people. And I feel like, is it because, do I need to lift heavier and build those stabilizing muscles? Do I just have a strong core when it comes to body weight? Well, that's a great question. So again, like we talked about, um, there's a lot of things that adjust that. So your actual core, you know what? Let me ask that question in a half My second. Core. Yeah, you're, I'll answer that question in a half second, I promise. So when we talk about core we're not just talking about the anterior side right which gets a lot of focus because right. it's aesthetics yeah we're also talking about not just the posterior side but you have both lateral sides the outside of your body as well right What's like the, the left and right yeah. so you have a ton of muscles that are on the torso of your body and your hips that are going to allow you to do stuff so you have obviously your rectus abdominis which is like the six-pack muscle you have your tva your transversus abdominis which is going to be be like the corset that surrounds a human then you have what's called your QLs right uh, your quadratus lumborum which is basically like um, they're kind of like obliques but they're on your back right right, right. Um, you have your obliques and they get really tight when you drive a lot they do get <laughs> tight when you, yeah in our society in fact we get weak QLs but it's it's not because sitting alone makes it weak it's because sitting in that position is often shortening the muscle and when muscles and we'll get to this when muscles aren't challenged on the end ranges of those muscles which means like if you thought of your muscle as a rainbow right the two sides of the rainbow that are closest to the ground yeah. if you cut that rainbow into thirds are the end ranges of that rainbow so your muscle is very similar to a rainbow in that it has an arc well the middle of the rainbow the top part is where everybody generally lifts weights in the middle ranges because it's the easiest, okay. right? So your QL gets weak because it gets shortened up from sitting a lot. Right. And then it's not, it doesn't want to be challenged at the end range. And so then you kind of perpetuate the problem. You, you stay you. off of it, right? Got you. So you yeah. got your QLs, your internal, your external obliques, you got serratus muscles, you got your psoas, you got your iliacus, you got all these different adductors, you got all these different muscles, um, you know, all your uh, erector spinae up your back, you got your uh, multifidus, you got all kinds of muscles that 
become what is called core. Now, how do you work all these things? I think you're already doing it. You do a lot of anterior. One of the biggest things is making sure that we, as people, like include your posterior muscles. Right. right? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh, Anything back related, I notice how weak my my low back yeah my my upper back had you do some seated uh (laughs) you guys barbell rounded back good mornings the other day terrible yeah how'd those feel terrible (laughs) but not terrible but like terrible in the fact i see how weak i am comparatively right yeah Yeah, and it's incredible how much it makes your back feel better though it is crazy you know we get louis simmons said this all the time and he said that we're so afraid to to train the end ranges of the spine, the neck and the low back. Yeah. And then therefore that's why we ended up with so many, so many problems, so many issues in those areas. Makes sense. Okay. If somebody's outside of our gym and our programming, how many days a week would you suggest working those things? Cause for myself, I work core three times a week, not necessarily the posterior the, the side. Posterior side posterior. Well. I'm sorry, you do it wrong again. <laughs> in clarity. I know you I because, do because you do our program, right? You right. at least do it twice a week. That's right? what I'm Your saying. Monday and Thursday. Somebody else who's not in our gym to do core related stability exercises. Yeah. So great question. And we're pulling like lots of different answers and trying to make them as simple as possible. Remembering that it, depends on what your total focus of training is because if you're trying to train to be strong and you wear out too many stability muscles from training them too often now you're going to put yourself at a little bit of a detriment while you're doing big powerful stuff as well right right right. yeah so a serious challenge to your muscles like a serious challenge to your core um, very heavily, you're already probably going to do that twice a week if you're doing a lower type workout twice a week. Right. So really probably just one more supplemental okay. day. That's right? what I was thinking as yep. well. And that in fact is how we have our stuff set up as yeah. well, right? With core, yeah. We do a thing called Core Crusher on Wednesdays and then we have two big um, lower body days which are going to require more core stability than your upper body. It's not that your upper body doesn't require it. It's just the... Uh, negative side effects are much worse on lower body days right. if you're not yeah, stable, right? Exactly. So then you ask the question, is your core not as strong? No. In fact, I know your core is very strong. It brings it to the next question. You have very long arms and legs and your mm. core is not super long, right? So where you're going to find some of your strongest athletes is they often are going to have very short extremities and very long cores, right? So their cores, and they don't have to have a long core. They could have a short core as well. But the shorter your leverages are, often the easier that oh, you're going to have strength. Makes sense. Makes right? sense. Right? Yeah. Now it also depends on the movement. So, for instance, like somebody with long arms and shorter legs will probably be able to do a standard deadlift easier. Yeah. And somebody with uh, shorter arms will be able to bench more. So again, like don't get super caught up in what leverages are for anybody. You just ask the question you ask, how do I no, get stronger? No, that's cool. I like that. Right? That's cool. And then you can kind of, it's neat to see your own strengths, you know? So like everybody has a strength. For sure. So you Absolutely. Can, you can really kind of be like, oh, that's cool. Well, I know for myself, Yeah. like I'm, I'm good at, uh, we'll say rowing or, right. you know, anything that requires long triangles and jujitsu triangles and jujitsu darts chokes all these types of things right it's cool to know what your strengths are i think that's neat absolutely you know what i mean and so that's exactly it is that don't get overly caught up on uh i like to only think of stuff as strengths and never as limitations right right? so like 
Go it's ahead. like what you said. I have long levers. It, it means maybe more time. It just takes more time for me to get. That's right. Strong. That's and, right. And so not strong, but like the numbers I want to hit. Not necessarily like you said. I'm strong. Right. It just is going to take time to see different numbers. Absolutely, and that's exactly it. Is the often these things are a gift because if you're not naturally as strong, where you're going to probably ultimately become your best strong, because you're going to have to focus greater areas of this, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, so we talked about core stability, build some core. Next area that we're going to have to have a high level of stability is all of the positioning muscles. And what I mean by that, so your arm connects to your shoulder, that's a ball and socket. And where your hip connects or your femur connects into your hip, that's a ball and socket joint as well, yeah. right? And so what does that mean? It means like, it, you know, it's like you have this staff that comes up to the end of a ball and that ball is sitting on a plate, which is the easiest way to say it. And it's rotating around like a joystick on a, on a remote control, like a video game controller or whatever, right? Yeah. So as you can see, you're going to get a lot of range of motion out of that joint. But the natural tendency is because you have a lot of range of motion, you have a high ability to have low stability. Got you. The more mobile you are, you're saying That's right. you have less stability? That's right. You have the potential for less stability potential. for sure. Gotcha. Right. Because with mobility comes less stability. Right? Okay. Yeah. And now, not to be confused, what I'm not saying is... As an athlete, you work on your mobility and become less stable. That's not what I mean at all. I just mean the inerrant nature of something that has a lot of movement is going to naturally be less stiff. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. So the next thing you really want to make sure that's very strong is all of your rotators, right? So like for your shoulder, you have internal and external rotators. And if you ask most people like what those are for, they're not sure and they only really address them once they've started to have pain. Right? Are you talking to me right now? <laughs> Jesse, are you listening? Right? So in your shoulder, um, and I'm sure I'll miss one or two right here, but you got your infraspinatus, your subs, you know, your subscapularis, your supraspinatus. You got uh, both your bicep and your pec tendons that tie in. You have your teres major and minors. Um, I mean, you have rhomboid muscles to help position your scapula as a whole. Your lat connects up to the posterior side of your uh, humerus. Um, like I said, I'm sure I, I missed or skipped a couple of those, but those muscles alone are just going to help as your arm is moving. Let's say it's doing a bench press or whatever. It's going to help position that capsule, or that that um, head of that humerus that ties into that plate. It's going to help position that in the right way to ensure that it's strong and doesn't cause injury. Right. Okay. Right? Makes sense. So you have to have an arm that's able to bench press and like, you know, grab cookies and put them on the top shelf <laughs> so your kids can't grab them. Okay. So it seems really um, intricate. Yes. And how, how do you like manage all this? Yeah. I feel like my core has to be stable. Not yep. just my core, but my front side, my back side, my left side, my right side. And then your shoulders, everything feels like it has to move in one motion. Yep. How do you, I mean, how do you do that? Well, it's a great question. So the best way to get strong through time is to not be injured. Right. right? Yeah. And that sounds like, oh, duh. The reality is like most of the time when we look at strength, we start on the end of how do I get stronger? We don't start on the end of how do I stay safe? Right. 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 And so the way that you stay safe is by having strong stabilizers, strong core, strong positioning muscles that help 
that when you start chasing these heavy strengths, now you have the ability to do that without causing damage to the underlying soft tissues. I mean, that makes sense. It's just like, be aware of all that. That's right. Think about your core, think about your stabilizers, think about your position when you're working out. So it's not a lot, it's just, it's just thinking about it. And, and nope, thinking sure. about it is important. I agree 100%. In fact, that's what we're gonna get to next, which is like from the neurologic side, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. thinking about it is often like saying, um, focusing on your pattern, like we talked about from yeah. the week before, yeah. right? So thinking about it's one, but really just prehab, rehab exercises. That's what I meant. I, yeah. I didn't mean like mind-muscle connection. I meant okay, like gotcha. being aware of like, okay, this is what I need to yep. kind of not necessarily spend 24 hours on, yep. but at least hit, like you said, prehab, rehab, my lacking muscles when I finish working out, yep. everything that's in our program now. That's right. And, you know, sometimes we cherry pick or sometimes... We don't want to do the lagging yeah, sometimes we'll get sometimes we'll get a little tired towards the end. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? The reason we don't put what I consider the most important stuff in the beginning is because you need those stabilizers to be at tip top shape when you're gonna lift heavy weights, right? That makes sense. Right? So you're gonna lift the heavy stuff first and then towards the end of the workout you're gonna work all your stabilizers, but they might be the most important part, but right. we'll just cruise right through them. Oh yeah, you'll like rush through it. <laughs> oh, just checking it off. That's right. So for you guys that don't do our program, right? What does that look like for you? Well, take a look at some of these muscles and start to say, like, what kind of different exercises can I do or positioning or or what kind of um you Give know. an example. So let's say um, you're doing an upper body workout yeah. and it's a pressing day and then you, after you get done doing some type of presses, maybe shoulder press or, you know, anything like that, what would you recommend lacking muscle wise? Yeah, man. Just doing some good internal and external rotation, very slow, very controlled. And the reason you're going to go slow is because you want to make sure that the muscles you intend to move the weight are the ones that are moving the weight. Gotcha. Right. So we often... Um, move a little too quickly too fast and we'll talk about that in a second but if you don't have a good pattern established when you work fast and you're chasing that rate the problem is you're probably not going to use the muscles you want therefore the pattern and rhythm won't mm, be there okay that makes sense yep okay so what's next yeah so great question so here's the cool thing about working these kind of individual positional muscles if let's say you're doing a bench press, can you work your stabilizers, your rotators while doing a bench press? Absolutely. So you can work them towards the end of your workout where you're trying to really concentrate on those specific muscles very slowly, but you can also work them while bench pressing if you're making sure that you're holding a fantastic position. That makes sense. Right? Yes. So often what happens is we'll take a barbell out and we'll go, all right, I'm going to lift real heavy. And so you lay down, you set your back up like decently, you, you set your feet in position, you take the bar out, and you just try to go a 1,000 miles an hour, or you just try to go as heavy as possible, right, yeah. right? So trying to go as heavy as possible or as fast as possible, you're going to have the same problem on both ends of that, which are, yeah, you guys might hear Chef shaking in the background, sorry. Yeah. So on both ends of that, you're going to have the same problem, which is, you're probably going to use other muscles than you intend to use because you're moving so quickly or so heavily that you can't hold the position that you want. Makes sense. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Because the, your body's going to do whatever it takes. Your body's going to do whatever it takes. It's what we talked about in the last podcast, that if you're fighting a bear, your body doesn't want to lose. 
And in that moment, while you're bench pressing, your body thinks it's fighting a bear, right? Mm, yeah. it, it doesn't know that it is or isn't. It just knows the challenge. Right, right, yeah. Exactly. So how do I think that you should go about this? Well, first, individually work on your core muscles like we talked about. Yeah. Then work on your positional muscles because they're very important, right? Yeah. And then when you're doing movement, right? You asked how to get strong. So when you're doing movement, start with a very, very high level of control in a certain position. Yeah. And okay. so what you're looking at is you're looking at your rhythm right there, right? Yeah. Or, or rather your rhythm and your pattern. Right. But you want to turn on these muscles and you want these muscles to fire in this specific type of rhythm, right? Yeah. So you lay down, you're going to do a bench press. Let's call it a bench press. And you set yourself up, and then while you're lowering the bar and while you're pressing the bar, you go, chef shaking, you go slow enough to keep a solid up and down pattern that you want in a solid position, aka on every single movement you do in the gym period. Uh -huh. Perfect what? Perfect form. That's it. Perfect form on everything is what you're looking for. And it's what you helped me with actually last night with that's the right. dumbbell bench press. You yeah, kind of set right. me up and then you had your hands at a position. So was that my pattern? That was the pattern. Yeah, that's that right. makes sense. You had me come up to a certain spot and then slowly go back down. That's right. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's right. And so remembering that the body doesn't just fire muscle. The body fires muscle in response to an external load when you're holding that load. Like okay. we talked yeah. about picking up a paper clip for a, oh, I don't think we, I use the word paper I clip. So, I just yeah. said curl, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you go over and you pick up a paper clip and you go, I'm going to curl as strong as I can, well, you'll get a flex. You'll get a pump for sure, right? A very little pump, but you'll yeah. definitely feel your bicep contracting. Then if you go over and pick up a 35 pound dumbbell and you curl that, you're gonna feel a lot more contraction because right. that external weight is going to dictate how much of your muscle you can fire. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to, instead of the paper clip or the 35 pound weight, you're trying to get a 20 pound weight that you do absolutely perfect curls with right yeah. perfect form and that perfect form is going to help you control the bicep muscle and get good pattern and rhythm and it's going to help you control the stabilizer muscles in your shoulder in your back that are going to help you hold that position that makes total sense right yeah, yeah. so that's like um just the extremity building right but the specifics of like Again, let's say if we go with a bench press or we could do a clean or whatever, but let's say you're on a bench press. The first thing that an athlete has to get is high stability, and the way they're going to get high stability is high rhythm control by doing perfect form. Right, yeah. Once that happens, realizing that absolute strength, right, the very first strength we talked about, moving as much weight as you can, yeah. is going to require a high level of rate as well. Right. Right? So right. we talked about, like, if I'm 300-pound bench press strong and it takes five, you know, I'm sorry, not five, it takes me, I have to turn on five muscles and that takes a fraction of a second. Well, if it takes me a whole second to turn on those muscles, yeah. I won't get that bench press. Right, 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 right. So when we're developing strength, we're looking first, we gotta make sure we have perfect position, and then we wanna use weights that are gonna help us challenge that rate as fast as possible. Got you, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what does that? Well, remember, it's not the paper clip, it's not the 35 pound dumbbell, it's the 
we'll call it the 25 pound dumbbell. Let's go back to bench press because it'd be a better analogy, right? If I go off of, if I bench press 100 pounds, the percentage in there that's going to let me get as fast as possible is around 60 to 70%. 66% is the percentage that they found that you can apply the most force at the highest amount of speed. Okay, yeah. When the percentage gets higher than that, then the force production still is very high. It's just the speed is less, right? right? So you have more mass, less speed. Then when you go less than that, you can move very quickly, but you don't have as much force because you don't have as much mass, Yeah. right? Yeah. So there's a thing called Hill's equation, which basically shows that like, as the speed is increasing, eventually the speed will decrease as the total weight goes up. Mm. And so what does that mean? It means that first get good control and then you want to challenge your body to move as fast as possible because a high level of absolute strength requires a high level of speed as well. Right, yeah, Right. that's cool, yeah, yeah. I love it. So develop some, some uh, solid form Get a solid position for what you're looking for. This is why form's so important on stuff like yeah, we talked about yeah. before. And then build your speed and then build your heavy reps and build everything in between, but make sure that your technique is beautiful as much as possible Yeah. to challenge those actual muscles. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then so that was our from kind of from our nerve perspective and stability, how you control it. Uh, the energy perspective, like, we could probably do a whole nother thing on just energy systems. So let's just say you have enough energy on board to yeah, do those yeah. reps, right? Like let's say you're trying to work speed and you want to do six reps of a certain weight. Yeah. Well, if you don't have enough energy systems stored up based upon the way that you train, well, you might get four reps quickly. Right. And the last two reps slow down a lot. Yeah. So now you're actually poorly training the pattern yeah. and the rate because you didn't have enough energy on board as well. Let's do a whole podcast on that. I we think probably that's could. Kind of interesting yeah. Too. How to build up this and remember we talked about strong athletes. Yeah. The conditioned athlete comes down to the energy system. Yeah. And then the aesthetic athlete, the last piece is like, well, how do we actually build some muscle? Right. right? Yeah. So we talked about building some strength, but how do you actually make the muscle bigger? We probably could hit that some in the next as well. Okay, yeah. So maybe do like conditioning and muscle, I think. I think we could do that. What do you think? I think so. Let's do All it. Right. Hey, we cannot finish yet. All right. All right. So I have I'm all business. Here comes the okay. fun. <laughs> so I have something fun. This is what the young kids are doing these days. Oh, the youngins. <laughs> all right. So pick a number between one and 10. Okay. Easy. I'm going to count down three, two, one. After I say one, you're going to say that number out loud. Okay. We're going to see how in sync we are. See if we have, <laughs> okay. we're filling the same thing. You ready? Dirty pop. What? You said in sync. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got it? Yep. Pick a number between one and 10. Yep. Three, two, one, five. Really? Yeah, you gotta leave. Okay, here we go again. (laughs) We're doing the same thing. We're gonna do, let's do between one and five. Okay, ready? Between one and five? (laughs) Ready? We're we're hedging our bets here. (laughs) We got a 20% chance of saying the same number. Three, two, one, three. three. We did it! We're in love! (laughs) Let's stop there. Okay. We did pretty good. All right, so a couple questions. You know, we gotta do it. All right. All right. What kind of animal am I? Oh man, I think you're a cheetah. A cheetah? Yeah, I know you. I knew you weren't gonna like I that. I don't like cheetahs. I knew you weren't gonna like that. Yeah, but here's really the deal. Yeah, tiny heads. Right. Got long <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a cheetah? You're real fast. You're constantly on the move. You're always ready to press to the next thing. Oh, you're you're, you're you're hunting down the animals all day long. I'm a cheetah. 
Yeah. I could not be a lion. You can't because you know what the first thing that comes to mind is Thundercats for all you '80s babies out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, Chitara wasn't that her name on Thundercats? I, didn't watch it. I don't know. I think there's only one female on Thundercats, and it's Chitara. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you. I think you're uh, a lion. A lion, huh? See, we're on the same planes. Because you're kind of lazy, but no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'll relax for sure. <laughs> All right, let's see. If you made up any ice cream flavor, what would it be? If I made like, up Like, what would any... be in it? Because you love ice cream. Oh, man, that's a good question. It's like asking me to choose between two children right now. Do you like a lot of flavors? I think I do. I do like a lot of flavors, but I'll just come back to, like, an easy flavor. That's what I thought. Yeah, what about you? Me? I hate ice cream. I don't like it. Like I'll eat it, but I like I like um like frozen yogurt. Better. First you choose five in the one through ten, and now you say you hate ice cream. I do hate ice cream. Sorry, it just it doesn't. It's too much. Um, how often do you pee in the shower? I don't know. I guess if I have to pee, I'm definitely gonna pee. But I don't think it's like a. Uh, you don't pee every time. No. I pee every time. Every time. Yeah. How about that? You pee in the pool. It depends on who, depends on whose pool it is. Public pool. <laughs> Public pool. Is it big enough that I think that the disbursement won't come back to get me? <laughs> I don't even think about that. Stuff, to be honest. All right. Last question. Not you can't listen, people. You can't be in the hot tub though. All right. It's a rule. is so weird about that. It's too small of a space. It's already it, heated. It like creeps him out. Listen, I just look around. It better better be nobody peeing in this hot tub right now. You guys know me. I don't care. We're, we're in like the hot springs. You know me. I'm not worried about anybody in there. I'm just doing my thing. Uh, nachos. What would, what would you put in your nachos? Well, of course you got to have cheese. And yeah. then I think in a perfect world where I eat like garbage, in a uh, utopian eat whatever you want, vegetable oil doesn't matter, garbage, I would just probably put like some chili on there as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. What about you? Okay. Uh, chips, cheese, sour cream, jalapenos. Dude, that was so well prepared. <laughs> Can you tell I want one? Sour cream. We haven't eaten yet today. Hot sauce. Hot sauce? What kind of hot sauce? I don't know. Something hot. All right. When you say hot sauce, do you mean like Tabasco or do you mean like crystals? Because Because one is like flavor driven and one is just like, let's see if we can make my palate uncomfortable. It depends on what it's on. Okay. Well, this yeah. is on nachos. <laughs> right now what I'm feeling is like a green chili oh wow well, that, that New Mexico dude, influence Santi you were correct on the green chili yeah yeah New I Mexico I put that on anything it's mostly flavor with a little bit of kick I've had the I had the best tacos there dude, dude those Who tacos sawmill sawmill and yeah man if you get, shout out to sawmill and Albuquerque if you guys are in Albuquerque ever go down to sawmill market it's got a bunch of different restaurants in it fantastic food everywhere alright well, that's it all right, JB Squared. Out.